you're a blank space. Like that old song by classic oldies artist Taylor Swift. What's that? On your screen. Some kind of program about the Westworld on TV. Well, it doesn't sound like anything I'm Red Scott. And I'm Ivan Hernandez. And this doesn't sound like anything to me. The third best Westworld podcast with the first best remix of a theme from Dan Preston. I I, I really cannot tell you. Uh, Red saw my reaction in which I immediately went from glowering to uh, smiling and clapping my hands. He lit up like Joker watching a city burn. It was incredible. <laughs> it's just I see that big pile of money burn and I get happy. <laughs> So that was Dan Preston, who sent us an email along with it being like, I tried to make it cyberpunk, but I also don't know what cyberpunk is. So I kind of combined <laughs> the existing theme with my memory of The Matrix, which I have not rewatched in a long time. I, I feel like that is exactly what the p- creators of Westworld have done. <laughs> <laughs> the Westworld, one of the top two shows explicitly about how did this fucking happen how did it happen where the two shows that are explicitly about science fictional determinism are airing at exactly the same time i mean listen it's cause and effect it it was meant to be (laughs) there's no other force in the world it's just cause and then effect that's all we have I mean, here's the thing. When people are like, oh, there's only cause and effect. And it's like, yeah, I understand that fucking if I push you, you fall down. But let's try it one more time just to make sure. That's what I keep telling them. And I keep pushing them <laughs> down. It's the best part of working with scientists and a bunch of dorks. <laughs> They're like, you're right. We need more data. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, let me get my bush and robot. <laughs> so this is season three, episode five of Westworld. Genre directed by Anna Forrester, written by... Carrie Krause and Jonathan Noland. And this is a very good episode. I enjoyed this episode a lot. I mean, I, I think it's okay, but it's it's just I I'm 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 still waiting to see where I feel like five episodes in is a little too far to still not have an idea of where we're going. <laughs> this is the opposite of the Netflix show Unorthodox, where I made it to the end of the third show and was like, all right, I feel like I have a handle on these characters. I'm excited about the next five to seven episodes. And then I looked and there was only one more episode. <laughs> I was like, they did a good intro for a television show that I'd like to watch. <laughs> By the way, I also want to make a quick note uh, about the HBO series run. Uh, You can't take an Amtrak out of Grand Central Station. It's physically not possible. (laughs) If one actual American person, if one actual New Yorker had been on that writing team, then maybe they would have not messed up one of the most basic aspects of New York City, which is it's impossible to get out of. But what if Merritt Weaver showed up? I mean, listen, if Merritt Weaver wanted to build an Amtrak uh, 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 receiving area in Grand Central, I mean, I wouldn't say no. Maybe it takes place in the future or possibly the past where our nation's transportation <laughs> the, is better. The, the future where the Los Angeles subway has not changed a bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically we have devs, which is determinism plus San Francisco, and we have Westworld, which is determinism plus Los Angeles. We have both kinds of determinism. <laughs> exactly. We have a uh, white girl determinism and we have a uh, uh, racially ambiguous girl determinism. <laughs> but before we can get into it, we need to know what happened previously on Westworld. Finally, the AT&T conglomerate gets its own personification. Fuck you, Ma Bell. 
the lesson here is if you try to murder a woman, you will only end up murdering yourself, literally. Sorry, ladies, I can't settle down. I'm marriage not recommended, children not approved. I'm just glad the high-class sex party has a fire exit. <laughs> oh, it's me, Dolores, isn't it? Humanity's biggest threat has always been itself, which is why I recommend everybody dying except me, the cool guy. <laughs> and finally, there's someone we haven't accounted for. White feminism! <laughs> and that was previously on Westworld. This show starts off in French and... Not me, because I was watching on HBO Now, but I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, damn it, I downloaded the wrong torrent again. <laughs> I love it when people download torrents and are like, oh, shit, now I have to go folk and find some su- an SRT file. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to find a good SRT file these days? We have we have Sirach and his brother, uh, Crystal, born... No! No, just kidding. I, do we ever get the brother's name? I, I, I fucking... We do, but I'm not... I, uh, buddy, I'm... I'm I'm barely recalling the details of this show as it is. I'm not going to remember a second Frenchman. I it's his the one without the crazy nose, the tall one. <laughs> so Baby Sirach and his brother uh, were born and dressed in the same Brooks Brothers style outfits that Ford was. I assume that's an accident and not an explicit connection that's going to be made later. Because it's taking place at a non-specific time, uh, all of the uh, characters who are old guys now get dressed up like a uh, young child did in like the 1920s because uh, the producers of the show are just like, what's an old guy who, who's a child look like? And they look like Little Lord Fauntleroy, not Fauntleroy. <laughs> I mean, uh, a non-specified time, except that it's literally 2058. No, the, 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 the past. Well, the past is unspecified, but we know generally how old they are. We can, we can guess. I want you to tell me exactly what year France gets nuked. Tell me what year France gets nuked. Tell me. Five. All right, red a bone. Four. Three. Two. Sorry about France. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no! I didn't mean it for that, for, for that to happen. Listen, there's a difference. It, it's, it's hard to tell if you can just see the future or if you control the future. It's important to figure out which one is happening. I feel like the ultimate lesson of both uh, Westworld and devs is going to be that uh, computers aren't morally neutral because they inherit the biases of their creators, mm-hmm. uh, which, yeah. I mean, I, I am curious how both of these show ends because a lot of this the first half of both of these shows are very much like, no, determinism. I'm like, yeah, determinism, that's fine. But, you know, if they take it somewhere interesting, that's going to be much more satisfying than a bunch of dummies who have never considered this before. That is my problem with devs, where, like, a lot of the characters who are supposed to be incredibly intelligent are like, determinal what now? You, you, you just pushed a pencil over to the table to me? How? Sure, I have a college degree and I'm a programmer, but I've never heard or discussed philosophy at any point. To be fair, Devs does make a point of being like, none of these motherfuckers have a humanities degree. <laughs> There's an incredible scene in the last uh, episode with Stephen McKinley Henderson that's really great. How great would it be if the message of Devs was that we all need humanities degrees? I have been saying for years that the humanities degree is the only thing that could possibly save humanities. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's the only thing that could save humanities itself because it's a self-perpetuating system. <laughs> the only people who think that humanities degrees are worthwhile are people with humanities degrees. So several times in the first part of this episode, we have we, we have an explicit reference of quote-unquote flies in the ointment, 
which calls mm-hmm. back to, of course, flies just walking all over people's eyeballs in the first season of Westworld. Oh, you mean an Aeon Flux? And an Aeon Flux. <laughs> Sorry, but any any time a fly walks over a, a science fictional person's eye, I'm going to be like, Aeon Flux. Aeon Flux. Sorry. I was a, I was a kid in the 90s. I definitely, I think I've, I think I've been gifted copies of Aeon Flux twice, and I still haven't watched it. I mean, it, 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 if you were a kid in the 90s, you were like, yeah, fucking this cartoon has boobs. It's like anime, but not anime, so that they're actually letting me watch it on a regular American uh, television channels. My parents only let me rent old Disney shorts. <laughs> they were like, listen, we don't want this kid being affected by anything except old racism. All I got was Goofy learning to ski. Which is one of the great classics. <laughs> it really is. It's where I learned what a hot water bottle was. So we have a we have a meeting where Sirak threatens a world leader, which is a great time. I love an all powerful guy just walking up to a president like he's works at a hot dog on a stick. Like that's always such a fun vibe. And, and honestly, I think the big revelation from the scene is that somebody finally designed an attractive e ink watch. It was going to happen eventually. Listen, if they, if the, <laughs> it took them f- decades, decades to finally get this technology to not look fucking super dumb. If the Pebble, uh, if the Pebble Ten had existed, <laughs> Pebble X, baby, Pebble X, it, it, it would have gotten there. I, I want the Rehoboam wristwatch so badly. <laughs> you just want that fucking uh, circle to be there so you can just look at it and be like, time, it exists. And when somebody goes like smugly, like, oh, what time is that? I'm going to be like, it's time to talk about Westworld. Big fan, right? <laughs> oh, no. So I, I also, this doesn't happen enough in situations where people can tell or control the future. Uh, I'm going to come back in several months. And that guy with the mustache, he's going to be president. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that part. Also, when he learned Portuguese just to threaten the president of Brazil. <laughs> I had assumed that he knew Portuguese before that, but I do love the idea. I love the idea that he had one of his assistants translate a phrase into Portuguese, learned it perfectly phonetically, just to be able to threaten the president of Brazil, does not speak any more Portuguese. I want him in one of those, it's it's always in a movie montage where somebody learns a language where they're in the class full of people with the old headphones with the curly cords on them, just like repeating phrases of Portuguese nodding and writing uh, fuck you president of brazil on a, <laughs> on a piece of paper a teacher walks behind him puts his hand on his shoulder nods and smiles <laughs> hi you're doing so well vincent <laughs> liam senior who we're introduced to is is who is the co- the business side have we ever seen just a, a more fucking dumb white guy in this entire show than liam senior may i read you what i've written about liam senior let me hear what you've written about Liam Sr. Liam Sr. is a real bag of milk. <laughs> he is the most bag of milk-ass white man I have ever seen on this television show. He has very big I don't like mutants vibes. Like he <laughs> He's really going to start pushing that mutant registration act soon. <laughs> he just looks like the worst white when somebody says the man this is what they're this, referring to this is to. him yeah this is him this is the this is the the actor from my name is dolomite who's like yeah i just i made a career by work, playing the villain in black community theater it really works it's, a, it's also one of the great villains where he's like completely mediocre he offers nothing except that he is already wealthy 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's my favorite thing when a guy is just like, I've got money, therefore my opinions count. I mean, he's literally just like Jared Kushner 10 years from now. <laughs> Before the privacy law. Thank you, GDPR. <laughs> it took Europe, but it finally got some fucking good privacy laws on the books. So we have Dolores, Caleb, and Liam Jr. I Liam Jr., and I like the actor. I like John Gallagher. Uh he has to be the least compelling character ever in this show. I can't think of anybody else who I'm less interested in. I like. I, Li- mean, I find Liam Senior more compelling than Liam Junior. Like his 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 inherent plutonic white guyness is more interesting to me than Liam Junior, who just looks like somebody who's in the way. I mean, to be fair, that is exactly his role. <laughs> He is literally just the guy who is in the way, who inherited his position because uh, his dad was somebody, and he's completely useless. Literally, everybody regards him as a joke and a fucking stumbling block in their plans. I do have to say that he is on the right track. Never give somebody your private key. You don't give somebody your private key. Never give anybody your hash key or your hash. I mean, unless, unless they're friends. I mean, listen, if anybody friends want to come over and have a little bit of my hash key, I'm fucking, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> Never give somebody your private key, even if it's Evan Rachel Wood. Hey, especially if it's Evan Rachel Wood. She is. <laughs> she, uh, I have so many times been like, hey, you, uh, you were great in 13. She's like, uh, give me your hash key. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, she's the one who always gets you. <laughs> Liam whispers to Caleb, she used me. How is she using you? And this is going to sound dumb, but I enjoy... I enjoy Caleb so much that I actually hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about the fact that she is probably using him, and I don't know why or how. 100%. She's looking fucking. I I really. I I think the way that I'm going to really end up enjoying the season is if at one point he leans in to kiss her and she just starts laughing. Are you saying that she just doesn't feel indebted to him because he was a nice boy who helped her? hundred percent. There is nothing I would love more than if she just looks at him like a dumb bag of meat. Are you saying that she doesn't have real feelings and hasn't just <laughs> fallen a little bit in love? I would love it. I would love it if the entire climax of the season was Caleb just being like, I'm going to declare my love for you, Dolores. And Dolores is like, interesting. And she just unhinges her jaw and bites his face off. <laughs> exactly. And, and she just says, me with that hairline? <laughs> and he just evaporates. You're a blank space. Like that old song by classic oldies artist Taylor Swift. It's, all, it's always very weird when you're in the future and they obviously can't. Like they want to use popular music because it, it causes emotions in people watching. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why is every musical cue in this world over 50 years old? I, literally, Death Grips is an oldie. I know. It's, you, you, you go into the uh, classical section of Amoeba Records 2.0 and it's just, <laughs> just a bunch of Death Grips uh, uh, CDs. Because CDs are back, baby. Yeah, they're retro. Those digital downloads don't have the same incredible fidelity that you get from a disc-based media. Are you kidding? They're way better. You don't get that. You can just hear in the like 4.1 barely 16-bit fidelity files. It's just <laughs> crunchy and gross. <laughs> So Liam scans Caleb's file. You think I killed your friend? And then in a- Oh, okay. By the way, I'm going to call it right now. Uh, they fucking put him in a virtual war. So his friend never existed. There, you- is, there is like one frame no. where you see Caleb wearing like a weird mask in that mm. fucking uh, facility that, that, that uh, Sirach is running. 
and and I I was immediately like, oh, he didn't actually go to a real war. He got sent to fucking virtual war uh, to be traumatized. Uh, and his uh, kid cootie doesn't exist. Well, there, there. I have a lot of thoughts on this. First of all, I hate this theory. I'm against it because it's correct. Because it's a hundred percent correct. <laughs> I don't like this at all. But also, was it a fake war when? Ender's game turned out to be actually fighting <laughs> aliens and it was only in a virtual world. That was a real war and there were real consequences, Ivan. Yeah, yeah, the consequences are that a complete homophobe was given millions of dollars. Not within the world. <laughs> but also, he is strapped in the vision that you're mentioning. We get this at the end of the episode, just setting it up for the listener. He is on a chair. He's he's up at a 45-degree angle, but he's strapped down and he has, you know, let's say either blinders or a white Oculus on his face. <laughs> and, and he, I think, is in the white padded rooms where all of the outliers are kept. I think yeah, he's he, he's an outlier, and what they do is they put them in virtual war situations. Like when, when Sirak was like, yes, yeah, sometimes we send them to war. I was like, what war is he sending these people into? <laughs> I, I mean, virtual I, war. I, it's it's definitely an option, and even if they're even if they're just giant robo wars, I have one hundred percent called it. That's why you're so angry and blushing right now. <laughs> uh, so he says, "You think I killed your friend?" And that is interesting because one of the last things we hear at Liam's dumb mouth at the end of the episode is, "You did it," which. I think that it's possible that Caleb killed his friend. I think it's likely. I think it is true that Caleb killed his friend if he existed. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I want. I want you to put an asterisk next to all of your predictions that say if they exist. (laughs) So in a panic, he doses Caleb with genre. Uh, What does it do? Jazz up an otherwise boring episode of prestige sci-fi television? (laughs) I honestly was kind of surprised how little effect genre had on the actual. It had the what? What genre is opera? What I, genre is Wagner? <laughs> I scrolled through a bunch of stuff. I think Wagner was supposed to be Apocalypse Now. Yeah, yeah. Fucking uh, 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 the 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 entire thing was just like uh, this is not a, a, an illustration of drugs done by somebody who does drugs except for the scene where they're in the la subway and nightclub and starts playing and everything's just a little too bright and i was like this is actually exactly what it feels like to be on mdma <laughs> it's also what it's like when you have a bad director of photography and everything's overexposed <laughs> that too that too so yeah the genre one of film noir obviously that's the only one that i really got oh great he took a huge dose of max pain <laughs> <laughs> so Dollar bike rolls up. What are we calling? I want to know what we're calling Dolores's bike. What well, well, fucking? Uh, well, first of all, Dolores's bike is my favorite MVP character who's taken from us too soon. <laughs> well, well, Dolores's bike and Riot Gear are the two characters. I want this. I want an animatrix style like ten episode <laughs> spinoff just with Dolores's bike and and Riot Gear or what <laughs> is it? Right Gear, Right Control. Right, control. Yeah, those two guys just going on the road together in the post-human apocalypse. I'm, I'm ready for it. <laughs> uh, an amber alert has been issued for this vehicle. Oh no, they have auto pedophilia induction. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> also, I find it extremely rude that they are trying to stop this motorcycle from getting a SAG card because it has no spoken lines. <laughs> if they had just let it say like, "Here's the document, sir." 
Exactly. Then it would be inside. It would, it would at least make scale on this production, which is all I ask for my sentient bikes. Uh, by the way, I really loved among all of the mercenaries, uh, the one guy who was just in kind of like a, a business casual. <laughs> The the one guy who's just wearing like an an untucked button down uh, uh shirt uh with sleeves rolled up and khakis. I was like, this guy really knows how to dress for an assassination, right? If that guy's walking in, I'm like, I know that guy's dead weight, but he's not gonna kill me. And then he kills me. <laughs> I'm surprised every time. That's not standard issue. I just got a new tech tree. I've been playing God of War again, and I I I hate tech trees. Aren't tech trees fucking stupid? I also hate the tech tree that doesn't let you unlock every single skill by the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the best part that I liked about um, Horizon Zero Dawn was it was like, you get everything eventually. Horizon Zero Dawn's problem was that it gave you too much. <laughs> by, by the end of that game, I had like five different weapons that had like four different ammo types that you had to manually go into the menu to change. And it's just like fucking... I know how I want to kill the robots. Just let me kill the robots in as simple a way as possible. Oh, yeah. No, there were whole types of weapons that I just never used in that game. Like, I Absolutely. mastered them to get the to get the skills up to 100, and then I just left them in a ditch somewhere. I don't care. Exactly. The only things I ever used were, like, fucking uh, uh, the one that sets up the trap to electrify them. <laughs> uh, 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 and, like, the uh, uh, shoot them multiple times uh, uh, arrow. All I need is an ice arrow and a sticky bomb, and I can kill anything. Oh, sticky bomb. I was doing such good work with sticky bombs. You fucking throw a sticky bomb at one of those uh, disc launcher uh, dinosaurs, fucking shoot them with their own disc launcher. It feels good. It's a great time. So they get in a self-driving rideshare, which is all Uber wants, just to get rid of the <laughs> stupid drivers. Absolutely, 100%. And then Sirac's men roll in. Mm -hmm. Being born... At the age that I was, one of the weird side effects that we're not even thinking about is to the day that I die, a black SUV will always be menacing. <laughs> also, it's just like, it, it, I really wonder how much Lamborghini paid for some of this product placement that happened in this episode. Yep. The one scene where Ciroc gets out of a car and literally the entire like one quarter of the screen is Lamborghini. I'm glad you noticed that. So I mean, I've been a car guy my whole life. And one of the weirder things that's happened is, is Porsche. Car? Which of your parents? I'm half car, definitely my father. <laughs> uh, is Porsche is by volume an SUV company now? Like the really? sporting, yeah, they make all of their money off of the SUVs, and literally, that's Lamborghini's plan now. Like Lamborghini's just going to be another luxury SUV company, which is disgusting. I hate it. They should make unreliable supercars that cost three million dollars i would much rather <laughs> that happen. your own visual enjoyment yes not for you to ever ever ride in or no touch. i don't i don't want to ride it could you imagine once it, there it's san francisco there's some billionaires once in a while you'll see like a fucking mclaren i have seen some insane cars on the streets of yeah. san francisco and you'll see them in like downtown san francisco and you're like what are you doing driving here <laughs> what is anybody doing driving in that city but yes, that. But also, like the city is made of poorly maintained streets and sinkholes. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. not great if you're driving a McLaren, which has like half an inch of friggin' shock travel. This is a terrible situation. Uh, so I, I have to mention, I, I looked at it was a Kim Renfro. She does interviews with Nolan and Joy, which are the end of the Westworld episodes. Should just be Kim Renfro inter interviewing Nolan and Joy. It's on some website. It, but it, I'm always like, this is so crucial to understanding the show. I don't understand why. But anyway, she mentions that explicitly, or Nolan mentions in an answer to her, that Rehoboam, it's explicitly a quantum computer, which means 
as we mentioned earlier, it is the exact same plot of devs. Exact same plot as devs. Exact same plot. The only question is, is your supercomputer a huge ball in the lobby, or is it... A tower in a floating cube. <laughs> the, and those are the only two kinds of super, of quantum supercomputers. Do you believe in quantum computers that are lobby spheres or quantum cubes? That's, that's the only question that you need to answer. <laughs> the two genders. <laughs> so we get into a big old car chase and we get Rite of the Valkyries by Wagner. Do you have a specific memory of Rite of the Valkyries that you think of when you hear this song? Kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit. Obviously, Elmer Fudd doing Kill the Wabbit is the classic <laughs> Rite of Valkyries. But I have a specific memory from a video game called Full Throttle. Oh my God. At one point, there is a mini game where you have to use some live rabbits to help find your way across a minefield. Oh no! And if Lucas Arts motherfuckers are crazy, and if you put down one rabbit, it plays Ride of the Valkyries with like a little Jack in the Box, like plink, plink, mm-hmm. plink, 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 plink. And if you drop a bunch of the rabbits, it plays a symphony. And I got stuck on that puzzle for several days because I was a very dumb child, and <laughs> so I heard that song over the course of three days, and I will always remember that single pixelated 8-bit screen <laughs> on my i486 computer where I was playing full throttle on for the rest of my life when I hear this Can song. Can you even remember a time where you couldn't go to GameFAQs? I, but, I mean, I didn't even have internet at the time, Ivan. <laughs> I didn't have internet. Oh, that's insane. I believe the only reason that I had full throttle was that it came with the CD-ROM my mom bought. That's right. <laughs> The CD-ROM drive for the computer yeah, because the computer not even our W the computer didn't come with the CD-ROM drive, so she <laughs> bought it separately, installed it, and was like, uh, "Here's this dumb disc by somebody named Lucas." Ash and Giggles roll up with his mood, mood shirt. Death grips, baby, <laughs> playing some of that oldies, golden oldies. <laughs> oh, one last thing. So we we didn't finish talking about the car chase. So the gun that Dolores has. It's it's a I believe it's a machine gun and then it has a weird rocket cartridge under which yeah, I, it's one of those classic video game guns where it's like machine gun with a fucking rocket launcher for, with a grenade under it uh, so that you can you know uh, use a right click uh, to fire grenades more directly in this Westworld universe I believe it's a modern version of the Lamat revolver that William had in the first season where he had the shotgun shell uh, under the gun oh interesting yeah well when I saw I. I spent a lot of time on the Wikipedia page when I saw that for the first time. <laughs> and so when, when, it, when she shoved the huge shotgun-looking shell into the bottom uh, of the machine gun, I was like, oh, cool. It's like the other thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 also, auto-rocket. Yeah. Oh, auto-rocket. I love a good auto-rocket. I mean, it's 2058. They got to have an auto-rocket. You got to have an auto-rocket, man. It's not the future unless we got auto-rockets. Also, what did you think of the fucking love music as Dolores is firing a gun? I mean, whatever. He's he's who's not going to be into Evan Rachel Wood firing a gun? Like, sure. <laughs> oh, oh, let's put her on an airship. Why don't we? I mean, whatever. <laughs> if we have to. <laughs> I love that I found your your weakness, your only true weakness. <laughs> I I really have to bring this up. Sometimes you can really tell when an actor does not get a reference and they're just saying the words that were given to them. Yes. Little Lord Fauntleroy. I mean, nobody should have let Marshawn Lynch act. I, I feel so... <laughs> Who I feel does so, not know the legendary fancy boy, Little Lord Fauntleroy? 
one of our classic fancy boys and another reference that you will only get if you grew up watching Looney Tunes. I I love Marshawn Lynch so much, and it troubles me so much to be put in a place where he does not belong. (laughs) This is really a show where I feel like they, they really did just ask a bunch of actors to show up. I want to know what the negotiation for Palm Clementite's character, who maybe had a minute total of screen time <laughs> in this entire show. I really want to know what that negotiation was like. It's it's very, very strange that he is in the show so much and that his shirt does his most convincing dialogue. <laughs> so Martin and Armand Delgado. Oh, you can't be in two places at once. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> And then he's in two places at once. What do you, what do you think about the fact that Martin, with Dolores' internals, seems to have no will to live whatsoever? This was, this was something that I found strange. I don't know how much actual independent thought she has, how much actual autonomy she has, uh, whether or not she is bound by the uh, whims of prime Dolores, or uh, as the few moments of hesitation uh, when she was speaking to uh, uh, Bernard, Arnold, yeah. uh, Bernard indicate uh, that she is not completely, uh, you know, enthralled to prime Dolores, and that she had her own uh, problems with uh, eventually having to get fucking blown up. And there's, a, there's another aspect that I hadn't considered until just this moment, that possibly she modified the versions of herself that she placed in other bodies to mm-hmm. do what the hell she wanted. In which case, we could have a Dolores and Ciroc sort of face-off where he credibly says, you, like, you're no worse than me by changing <laughs> your people to do what you wanted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we also get an interesting line from Bernard where he says, where Martin says to him, you've always been of two minds, haven't you, Bernard? And he responds, it's not that binary. Living someone's life changes you. I really love this idea, but I also feel like Dolores and Martin hasn't been inside that body long enough for that to make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I would actually like to see sort of Dolores inside of Martin over several seasons and then, like, sort of becoming a different person. By the way, this was something I was thinking about. Do you think Westworld's going to get another season? I don't know. So it was originally five seasons, and this season doesn't feel like they're trying to make up for lost time. Doesn't it feel like if they ended the show at this season, like, they could? If if they're driven at all by public response, I can't imagine they won't want to take another crack at it. <laughs> oh, you think that the fact that this season uh, has come in at a terrible time for any sort of media at all uh, uh, and uh, doesn't seem to be generating any sort of a uh, huge buzz that the last two seasons did is going to cause them to be like, let's go back to the $100 million well? <laughs> I think they're they're going to say like literally there was a plague everybody was dying to watch anything <laughs> and and they were still just like eh that season's fine like I feel like we can do better <laughs> I would love it if that's what happens and yeah by the way I did double check they have a 150 million dollar holding deal with I believe it was prime but uh, uh you know those deals always have a fucking oh, weird loophole where it's like you can continue finishing the massive 100 million dollar projects that you started at other places because if we didn't say that fucking HBO would kick us in the ass So Sirak and his brother we get another flashback they show them basically having solved the stock market it's it's really better to ask forgiveness for stealing 5 million dollars than to requisition 5 million dollars Did yeah I would have been like 
you stole $100 million? And it's like, no, we're giving you $95 million. <laughs> you got to phrase it correctly. Yeah. But at, also because if he's tape recording, they'll get you if you admit to stealing. <laughs> uh, humanity's story was improvised. And like all improv, it didn't make sense and was rarely satisfying. <laughs> and it was over in no more than 50 minutes with an intermission. <laughs> So Sorak and the brother plan the future years in the advance. This is where they really cross the line. That is not great. I mean, it's basic. It's eugenics. Yeah. Ex- I mean, w- exactly. Being like this person cannot breed is literally eugenics. Yeah. I was, I was going to say basically eugenics. And then I remembered that they had chosen who did and didn't have children. I was like, no, it's exactly eugenics. <laughs> yeah, literally, there's a scene where the lady is looking at her phone and it's like, hey, you're going to get Alzheimer's. Therefore, you can't have kids. And also we know that Caleb on his own thing was not going to have kids because they had decided so. Uh, So we go from there to Dolores telling Liam she's going to give everyone their fate. And I love the scene where she predicts his dialogue exactly like Felix with Maeve in season one. I could never bring myself to hurt you. I love that so much because it's such a classic, like, shitty, abusive dude thing to say. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those, like... In, in some ways, like, I could never bring myself to hurt you is probably the scariest threat anyone can make. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what you're, you're pointing out that the option is on the table is basically all that was accomplishing. <laughs> you're, you're trying to find a reason to bring yourself to this. Yeah, it's a, yeah the, the, the wording of that sentence is like, I thought about it for a long time. <laughs> and with the current circumstances, I certainly couldn't bring myself to hurt you. I mean, logically, but, you know, we'll see how, what tomorrow brings. I have to say, I'm not seeing a lot of self-preservation from Leon Jr. He is really provoking the people who have all the weapons. Also, he'll be lucky if he ends up dead in a ditch. Uh, he's a mercenary? <laughs> I feel like every single mercenary you could be like, yeah, dead in a ditch. Just stamp him with dead in a ditch. I'm Liam Jr. in this character. Ask me your future, Ivan. Hey, what's my future? You're going to let me go and then get $10 million in your bank account. Wow, I'd love it. See, it's going to work out for everybody. That's what you should be saying. Also, also the whole, hey, your brother sucks thing. Again, not too hard a prediction. Most women's brothers are assholes. <laughs> Is your brother a man? <laughs> yes, exactly. Ergo, the moral of the Caleb uh, rat story is that despite all his rage, he is still just a rat in a cage. No. <laughs> I, I did not. The, the, they've done some very powerful metaphors in the show. Like I, I remember them talking about uh, the sort of learned helplessness metaphor with the elephants and spikes. I remember talking about it on this podcast and complimenting the use of it. This rat one is a story about getting rid of rats. The message being it's better to kill them quickly <laughs> instead of giving them hope. Also in this metaphor, rats are humanity. So it's not a great starting point for the metaphor. <laughs> And it's like, I would rather live in chaos than a world controlled by you. Okay. okay. Like, it's it's just not a strong metaphor front to back. I would rather be a rat swimming around with hope than a rat resigned to drowning in a tub. I'm a pretty good swimmer. <laughs> Listen, honestly, I'm pretty buoyant. <laughs> We're going to show them the rails. Lots of overlapping talk with devs. <laughs> I really feel like uh, fucking the Nolans have been watching devs and Alex Garland has been watching Westworld and they're just each swearing every time one of them gets to a concept faster than the other. People, people who are into determinism are also very obsessed with trains, a thing that everybody <laughs> uses in the modern United States all the time. <laughs> Listen, as we all saw in the uh, acclaimed HBO series run, you can catch a train anywhere in the United States. 
You can catch an Amtrak, one of the most celebrated methods of transportation, right out of Grand Central Terminal. I wonder if it has to do with the fact that they're all of the age where they have young children and they are all playing with Thomas the Tank Engine. (laughs) It's also because a lot of these people grew up at a time when trains were still used. (laughs) They're not that old. When is the last time you got on a train uh, uh, that took you anywhere outside of uh, that stupid fucking corridor? (laughs) It was the last time I went with my buddy Teddy to Westworld. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. This situation on the subway train is exactly what it was like when that dude rating app came out and all of the dudes were struck by the enormity of how much they suck. And I was just sitting there like dry dick, perfect five. <laughs> this was I like I feel like a lot of people did not get to experience that wild too much. How has there not been a movie made about this? About the fucking dude rating app? I'd forgotten it about it. It only happened in San Francisco for like three months. Was it only in San Francisco? I feel like that was the only place it really, like, mattered. (laughs) So there was, I mean, then we have to explain this. So there was an app that literally you could, like, rate people. And only women. Oh, yeah, it was only women. only women could access it. And only women could, and it was based on, I think, Facebook profiles of the people? Yes, I think it was based on your Facebook profile. So it would get your gender from there and then lock you out if you were a man. Yeah. And, of course, all the shitty guys were, like, badgering their dumb female friends to be like, yeah, let me see my my rating. And they would, and all of them would be like, oh, yeah, this guy's fucking terrible. And they would, And, yeah. of course, I was just sitting there like, all of the, I know exactly who was able to upload these things. I have a very small pool of people who can rate me on an intimate level, and I'm still doing great. All I'm going to say is that like two to three month period where that app was up and online was the best time for a road trip in in comedy ever. Like I was just <laughs> I was I was only letting single women comics come with me on road gigs. I was like, How this, we're going to be in a car for six to hours look up together. All of the shitty fucking male comedians on that app. I had forgotten that that existed. That, what a great time. What, a, what an amazing time to, to be in the middle of the tech bubble in San Francisco. <laughs> so everybody finds out their future as, as outlined by Rehoboam. Asshole. Unreliable. Crazy. Uh, Terrence get better friends? Yeah. And, and then, like, his colleagues. I don't know why the one that hurt me the most. Because the thing is, if people are just calling you asshole, you already know you're an aggressive person who's just like, I'm not here to make friends. Like, that's who you are. If people are just, that's the first word that comes up. The one that got me was loud. <laughs> the, like, number one thing that his, like, colleagues say is, like, he's loud. And it's like, ooh, that one, that one hurt. I mean, listen, there are a lot of people out there who uh, ascribe uh, malicious intent to loudness. And I would just like to say to all of you people, fucking shut the fuck up! <laughs> a woman sees that her daughter, who's 10... Oh, that... Oh, she's gonna die of all oh, the fucking slashing the wrist, and then she just starts, like, holding her wrist. I, I was also, like, bl- the lady who got below-average societal contribution, and it's like, that's why you never give anybody your DNA. <laughs> also, when you're saying below-average, it's gonna be 50% of the people on this train. <laughs> exactly! So Martin and Bernard, some of us won't survive. I'm surprised. Yeah, and this is where I was like really surprised that Martin was just like, yeah, I'm done with this body. Being a man sucks. <laughs> I really would have loved it if he was like, listen, I'm just tired of this fucking dumb dick I've got down here. It doesn't do anything. 
So we have Dolores and company walking out of the station. I'm not a big fan of Major Tom playing. I don't like Major Tom. It wasn't Major Tom. Music. It was. It, oh yeah, what? yeah, yeah. It was yeah. fucking. I, I, I was like, uh, excuse me. Uh, it's called Space Oddity. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. There was one guy in the subway station wearing a black medical mask, and that, for some reason, was the most uh, disturbing part of the episode for me. I was like, how did he know? Also, the part when all the other people are just greeting each other by kissing each other with tongues. Kissing each other, hugging each other, sticking their fingers in each other's mouths, and then putting their fingers back into their own mouths. Yeah, the only guy, like, when Martin blew up that floor of the building, I was like, that's probably an effective disinfectant. (laughs) <laughs> finally somebody practicing social distancing correctly <laughs> but the major tom song to me it feels like too specific of a song to be just be used as general background music uh, also fucking string quartet covers yeah they're going back to the fucking string quartet cover well everybody knocks that because it is hacked but you know what string quartet covers are great if you look at my mp3 collection you're gonna find a lot of string quartet uh tribute albums baby the mp3 collection it's the it's the thing that's gonna be hipster after the cds go out of style <laughs> listen i've got so many old mp3s just gathering dust on the on these physical hard drives them finding out about their future in the past is very reminiscent of westworld when everything goes bonkers we see people fighting they've already returned to their base cells and the dog just running wild down the street <laughs> I really love that part because it was like the fucking the owner was just like this dog is holding me back. The basic shirt it's, shirts are doing some heavy lifting on this show. <laughs> so Dolores saves Caleb and offs to assassins, and he is a bit thrown by how not yeah, injured and she, she just is. got fucking perforated. And and the entire time I was like, has she not explained that she a robot yet? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. I was just like. Hey, what what how has any of this behavior been indicative of a human woman at all i mean it it she seems very unusual certainly (laughs) is this just how people think all white women act maybe it is i don't i don't hang out with that many of them (laughs) we go from there to Ciroc. i have just a little piece of advice for everybody listening if a frenchman invites you to a top secret research facility don't go just don't go. Teleconference. This is an amazing opportunity to teleconference. You would have to be an incredible bag of milk to walk this far into a murder attempt and not realize it. <laughs> so far. Literally the second that I don't see any other people there to greet me and I'm supposed to be a multimillionaire, I'm just like, I'm a multimillionaire. People are supposed to run out and be like, hello, sir. Yeah. When he says, why don't you get into this car alone with me? I would be like, we're not friends. <laughs> no. Every single time I've tried to get you in a car alone, you're just like, you're not going to get me this time. <laughs> By the way, when when he said it's possible to edit people, did you immediately yell, oh, no, CRISPR time? Yeah, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> I have. It's not. It's possible to edit people. And I was like, is this going to take a CRISPR turn? <laughs> I love it. CRISPR, qu- quantum computing and CRISPR are my two favorite new school uh, sci-fi tropes that get leaned on by every single fucking cool sci-fi person who's like, I've got my eye on the fucking news. I know what's happening in the science world. All, all I want with CRISPR is them to genetically modify potatoes to make even crispier types of Pringles. That's all I want it to be used for. <laughs> nothing else. If only. If only. <laughs> so we get a reveal... Inner Journeys is Ciroc's facility, which is where the man in uh, black is right now. Oh, oh, and and also, tying into what you were talking about, it's called Inner Journeys. Obviously, they're doing some sort of virtual gaming. Yes. 
It is 100% fucking uh, VR war world in there. But it's either a health compound or an Apple store. Not entirely clear. So that makes sense. The certain scenarios. Like, for example, where humans based off hentai animation replace humans. And listen, that's not a bad world at all. Isn't it? The minute that I get that Oculus Quest. The minute I get that Oculus Quest. The scenarios my brother was looking at. He was planning to murder you. That is a great first gambit once you have a future forecast machine. Honestly, I've always used the, hey, this other person is going to murder you, not me, Gambit. It always works. I would check those projections myself. I wouldn't take <laughs> other people's words for it, especially not the brother of the guy. Mm-hmm. So Martin and Bernard and Stubbs. How I love it so much that Stubbs clearly only has one arm. I love the, the tertiary Hemsworth literally just dead arming all scenes that he's in. And he's not winning any fights. He's, he's clearly hampered by the fact that his arm is hurt. I love it. I love that this fucking Hemsworth didn't have the, didn't have the raw Hernandez level intelligence to put a giant TV up by himself. <laughs> Stubbs clearly it doesn't have – it's so weird he walks into – he does nothing this episode. That, that, that's the weird thing about Stubbs. I'm kind of not sure – Why he got off the island. Yeah, exactly. Why did he get off the island if he's just going to kind of be, you know, semi-competent in fight scenes at best? I mean, I, I assume we're going to get some explanation for that at a later date, because right now it is non-obvious. Well, he's, he's the guy that we need to look for for the weird twist at the end that we didn't see mm. coming, where it turns out actually his muscles are all just uh, brain pearls for other characters that we want to <laughs> exactly. see Exactly. He can't lift his arm because it's so full of pearls. <laughs> That's why his arm is just sloshing around and making that clickety-clack sound every time. What did you make of Martin saying to Bernard, you're the only one we can't replace? I would assume that that means that he, she has some sort of ability to perhaps copy herself but not create others. I, I wonder because... If his pearl, because it's partially based on an actual human, is harder to copy for some reason, mm-hmm. I, ble- I, I presume his was the red ball that made its way over, as opposed to the the white white balls that made their way over. But yeah, and I, don't know. I, I assume at this point that all of the white balls uh, were either blanks or uh, had hosts there that she could erase the personality of to replace with herself. That is what I what we're supposed to believe at this point, but there's one unaccounted for, and I'm going to leave that unaccounted for until we're left with no other option. Yeah. Okay. So did you love the shining music for some reason on the beach? The shining music on the beach was interesting, which I only knew by the way, from the subtitles. Oh yeah. The the red rummer. I have these shining 4k, which is supposed to be one of the best 4k discs was sent to me by Ryan Cronin who you mm-hmm. might know from the theme of the song, uh, of Borscorn Swords specifically. Actually, not doesn't sound like anything to me. But I sent him th- the Game of Thrones Season 8 in 4K so he could see The Long Night mm-hmm. because I'm a good friend and because it looks amazing and that whole episode is justified if you see it in 4K. And he sent me The Shining when I explicitly don't watch horror movies. <laughs> you hate horror movies. And now I have you to watch like it. like being scared. I don't. Have you not seen The Shining before? No. Are you fucking shitting my ass? I'm not shitting your ass. No. Well, are you shitting my ass right now? Why would I watch a horror movie when I don't want to watch a horror movie? 
Because it's one of the greatest artistic achievements of all time, and there's so many amazing lines in it. Jack Nicholson is just absolutely unhinged. Scatman Crothers does amazing work, and you have to watch Stanley Kubrick drive Shelley Duvall to madness. I look at it every day, and I'm like, today's going to be the day I'm going to watch it. Suddenly, do you start hearing, dun, 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 dun. And then there's always a moment every day where I'm like, now, right now. I'm going to watch it right now. And then it gets dark, and I'm like, I can't watch it in the dark. <laughs> you're, such a, you're such a little wuss baby. I love it so much. <laughs> and I just continue licking my giant lollipop. <laughs> like a little Lord Fauntleroy. <laughs> <laughs> so we we get, during The Shining playing, we get a bunch of flashbacks to many memories that Caleb has had in the future, including... Enrico Colantoni opening the possibility that this is Enrico Colantoni was there? Yeah. From Just Shoot Me? Uh, from Veronica Mars. <laughs> yes, from Just Shoot Me as well. But which which clear which by the way, that should be the that should be the title of whatever the hell Liam Jr. is doing at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely what he is begging people to do. No, yeah, there's a flashback and there's there's another actor who I don't recognize who has a bag over his head that's Caleb led into a room. Dr. Baghead. Dr. Baghead. And then and then Enrico Colantoni is just standing there looking, let me think. Enrico Colantonish. <laughs> Colantoniesque? Yeah. I mean he's just imagine him. Right, he's in a suit. His head slightly declined down and he looks disappointed in somebody. I'm picturing this perfectly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but there's a possibility that this show is in the Veronica Mars universe. Come on, <laughs> make it happen. That's all anybody wants. I mean, listen, all incredibly pale, white, blonde women look the same to me. You could tell me that this has been Kristen Bell the entire time, and I'd be like, yeah, sure. So Ash shoots Liam, and which we all were expecting at that point, and Giggle's shirts reads, anxious. <laughs> uh, also, salt water in the gunshot. That's really just insult injury. If that's why that phrase is so popular. <laughs> so Caleb is trying to stop Liam from dying, and his dying words are, you did it. You don't even know who you are. So he probably did it, killed his best friend, and I'm guessing he doesn't know who he is. I'm guessing now that he was brainwashed and is not actually a host. Yeah, he was 100% had some fucking, he was sent to virtual war world to get traumatized uh, because he was supposed to be some fucking weird outlier for these goddamn dumb French guys plan. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I got I'm, you, motherfucker. I'm excited to see where that goes now. <laughs> yeah, you've got the the name of the company is actually what turned me. Inner Journeys. Yeah, Inner Journeys. Yeah. As soon as you, you I was you, like, it really is pretty obvious once you get Inner Journeys. I mean, I, it is sad that the Oculus sponsorship didn't come through, and they had to go with Inner Jerseys. <laughs> so, so Sirach and Liam Senior, somewhere in this group is someone who will destroy mankind, um, and they drive out to the plane crash. He is so slow on this uptake. That's my jet! Uh, that, it was the dumbest fucking, I cannot imagine more of a fucking old white guy like, hey, you're not gonna murder me, are you? <laughs> and we don't even get a satisfying, like, last panicky run from trouble realization. <laughs> no, fucking Vincent Castle just immediately just fucking whomps him on the side of the plane wing and then drags his body around, which that... I really feel like it's going to be easy for like one murder investigator to be like, wow, this, this man has all the marks of a French push. <laughs> I, I was thinking the exact same thing. This feels like the easiest close and shut case. 
<laughs> Why is there a giant Vincent Castle handprint on this man's back? <laughs> so we go from there to Sirak and Dolores. Sirak suggests, you think you're immortal. I have to give Evan Rachel Wood a ton of credit for her reading of the line, I can be killed, because she really seems to be considering it for the first time as she is saying it. Also, I really loved the very subtle, rotating, yet stationary Vincent Castle effect. The one thing I know about the future of hologram meetings is it will always be rude to walk through somebody. <laughs> see, see, that's what I'm going to do it the entire time. I'm that, literally going to be up in people's faces. You're going to be standing inside the other hologram, just like waving exactly. Your arms I'm going to be like, "You can't get me out of you. <laughs> I'm stuck inside of you. You're never going to get me out." Dolores, it's time everyone woke up. At this point, just this is just a non sequitur. At this point, a Rico delivery arrives for Caleb. I. I I just deliver it, man. I love that even the future contractors have no connection to their delivery frameworks. No, why would you? There's there's nothing. There's no reason for you to be attached to that. But mm-hmm. how do you not check what's inside the bag first? Because uh, he's a good white guy. <laughs> I I don't, I don't know. If, no, a good white guy would be like, talk to your manager. I did not order this. Who are you? <laughs> You wouldn't just accept something from a, a, a random youth. <laughs> you wanted to know your fate, right? Caleb, I'm not like other people. And Dolores is like, neither am I. Let's go have sex on the plane. I'm not like all the other robot girls. <laughs> and that is the end of genre. <laughs> yeah. And that was that was certainly an episode. I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm not sure this where these, this fucking Westworld season three is supposed to be going. It really feels like they were just like, all right, we're fucking done with this stupid Western themed television show. Let's just make the most fucking uh, loose ass cyberpunk show that we can. I was curious about this too, which is why I'm ready to introduce to you Riven, a quantum computer that will tell us the end of both Westworld and devs. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's boot it up. I want to kiss Sonoya Mizuno and Tandy Newton. I want to kiss Evan Rachel Wood. Uh, I want to kiss Tao Akimoto. Uh, there's just a lot of people that I want to kiss in this show. Turn it off! Turn this goddamn thing off! It's too accurate! <laughs> well, we've got, we've got, I think this season of Westworld, I, I don't think it's a full We have episodes. three episodes it's left. three episodes we? left. Isn't it? Yeah, it's eight episodes, right? Which is, I mean... Three, it's it's like four full more episodes than Unorthodox had. <laughs> and listen, I am always advocating for shows to be shorter. It's it's very helpful. The The thing is, when this Shelter in Place started, I started queuing up things to watch. And now, the towering amount of content. <laughs> Isn't there too much media? I can't believe all of the people who are like, I don't have anything to watch! I have... I have so much to watch and play and do, and literally all I want is to, to to have some woman suck my dick on my balcony. That's literally all I want, and I can't have that. All of these type A people aren't working right now, and they're putting it all toward content consumption, and I hate I it. I hate it. I hate it. I literally, literally all I want to do is sit on my fucking balcony patio chair and just stare at the dreaded sky. <laughs> All I have to say is that you should just watch Westworld and Devs because they're the only two shows that matter. <laughs> You're not even watching Devs, motherfucker. I'm waiting for it to end so I can watch it all at once. It's a good call. <laughs> yes. Again, if I didn't have a huge crush on the lead actress, I would have waited. <laughs> all right. So that is Doesn't Sound Like Anything to Me, Season 3, Episode 5, Genre. Genre. Thank you guys 
so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Swords. The link to that is always in the show notes if you want to hit us up, ask us any questions about the show. You can find Ivan on Twitter at Ivan underscore Hernandez. And you can find Red on Twitter at Red underscore Scott. Bye. See ya.